You're listening to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, October 10th, 2005. Hi, everyone. This is Michael Lozan, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Back in July, Mark and I introduced the four-step feedback model. Given our experience with the model, it was no surprise to us that we heard from a large number of you about how well the model is working for you. In addition, many of you have written asking questions about how to counter some of the typical responses to the feedback you give. What do I do or say when they tell me they'll think about it? Or what do I say if they say they're going to make the change, but they continue in their ineffective behavior patterns? As you might suspect, we've dealt with these issues before. And this show talks about the approach to take and, once again, gives you some very specific things you can say and why they work. Now, if you've listened to these podcasts in the past, you know I get nervous when we add to previous content that some of our newer listeners may not have heard before. So although we do a brief review of the feedback model at the beginning of this podcast, it would do you well to go back and listen to the July 18th show if you haven't done so already. So with that, here we go. You know, Mark, uh, we talked about uh, the feedback model back on July 18th. Yep. Um, and, you know, the feedback model gets a lot of attention because it gives managers such a, an easy way to keep teams on the right track. And, you know, frequent feedback, positive and negative, is, is, you know, really a fundamental hallmark of all high-performing systems and teams. Right. Um, and because of that, uh, you know, folks get really, really excited about it when they look at the feedback model, they use it, and they get great results. So we're pretty pleased about that. But um, we have got a a couple comments from folks where they've run into trouble in the sense that uh, some of their subordinates keep, you know, start giving them feedback on the feedback model or start talking back at the, the model. Yeah, Um, and and you got to figure, in addition to them talking back to the model, you got to figure that uh, various members of your team were going around to each other and making funny jokes like, can I give you some feedback? And making a a big joke out of it. And and if you you take offense at jokes like that, you probably don't have the stomach to be a manager anyway. Right, that's a very good point. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, nobody's ever made fun of me. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) So... You know, in, in in one way or another, all these things kind of come back, and they look like avoidance responses. And so, I thought we'd uh, we'd talk about some of the avoidance responses we've heard from people and experienced in our own management careers, and yeah. kind of help uh, folks kind of working through those. Sounds good to me. So, before we go into some of those um, avoidance responses that we uh, know about, yep. uh, you know, we have a lot of listeners who probably have not heard the feedback model, and so very quickly, like in two minutes, can you just give us a quick primer on the feedback model so those who uh, haven't heard it before can follow with the rest of the podcast yes um man there are four steps it's almost always identical um the first step is and, and by the way the feedback model is designed to make it easier for managers to talk to their teams about their performance about their behavior it's easier to tell them what's going well and what they need to change um, it is not, we don't attack the person at all. We're talking about an employee's behavior. And the first step is you ask, may I give you some feedback? Or can I share something with you? Or can I talk to you about something? The key is whatever phrase you use, you do use the same one all the time. And you use it whether you're giving positive or negative feedback. And the reason you ask is because you're going to be giving them feedback about their behavior. If they're not in a frame of mind to hear it, and then you give them the feedback, 
they haven't heard it, they're not going to act on it, and you've just essentially asserted yourself unnecessarily. So you ask, may I give you some feedback? And if they say no, you let it go, and you let it go a second time. If the third time comes along and they're still saying no, you probably sit down with them and say, well, I really do need to give you some feedback. You need to change this behavior, and let's walk through the model here real quick. So that's step one, you ask. Step two is you describe the behavior. It's as simple as when you do blank, when you're late to a meeting, when you prepare for hours before a meeting, um, when you take extra initiative by calling the VP on short notice, when you, um, when you talk too loud to another uh, team member and use words that are aggressive. Those are all behaviors that the employee engaged in. Then step three is you describe the impact of their behavior. So when you're late to a meeting, then the phrase is, here's what happens. We're talking about consequences now. When you're late to a meeting, Bob, here's what happens. Uh, we have to wait on you. We don't get your briefing on time. We have to catch you up at the end of the meeting. Um, you're not available to take your turn keeping notes at the meeting. Um, and we waste company time and company money. Step four, then, is asking for new behavior if it's suggesting feedback or encouraging the same behavior if it's positive feedback. So if we're talking about negative feedback, it would be, hey, Bob, when you do X, here's what happens, blah, blah, blah. What can you do differently? Or can you please change that? What, how might you handle this differently in the future? The key point is you're asking them to change their behavior. You dictating, hey, I want you to do it this way from now on, will get you probably compliance, but it won't get you commitment to a new way of doing things. It's their behavior, and they had to come up with a solution. It's as simple as that. And when it's positive feedback, the last step, step four is, hey, keep it up. Good job. I appreciate it. That's it. Super. Okay, great. Thanks. That will help, I think, folks going forward. Here. Yeah. So um, first one I hear a lot is, uh, you know, my previous manager didn't expect me to do that. Yeah, you know, this is an interesting one. I, we, I hear this all the time. Gosh, you know, um, or we haven't done it that way before or something along those lines. Um, and, and, and my first response, my, my general guidance before I suggest an actual phrasing to our listeners is the fact is you're going to be different than the previous manager. The reason that there's manager tools, the reason we do these podcasts is because there's not a standard way of managing. We wish people would adhere to some some standards more often, but they don't. So the fact that a previous manager did it one way or another means really nothing to you um, because they said that to the previous manager about the one before that. So uh, to some degree, whenever I hear this, my first thought is that is a pretty lame reason for you to keep wanting to do your old behavior. That said, there's a really simple response to that. And, and it goes to the fundamental issue of, you know, you're not, you're not going to rise to the bait of being upset or getting in their face or feeling hurt or, or feeling insulted because they brought up the previous manager. You just say, hey, look, um, well, that makes sense then that you would have continued to do things the way you've been doing. I can understand that. But I'm changing that. And I want you to commit to this new way of doing it. Will you commit to it? And remember, you're going to, everybody, all of our listeners are going to hear a pattern over and over again here, Michael, and that is that we're going to ask again for the new behavior. That's the cornerstone of the feedback uh, model, that we expect people to take responsibility for their behavior, and since it's their behavior, they're the ones that have to commit to changing it. So again, hey, makes sense that you would do it that way if that's the way the previous manager did it, but, uh, and I can understand that, but I'm not the previous manager. Um, I uh, I really want this to change. Um, what can you do to change it? Simple as that. 
Okay. How about the response of, you know, I have plenty of other stuff to do, <laughs> implying that they don't have time, for example? Yeah, you know, I, I, a lot of times this comes from a, a top performer or from somebody who has a particular skill that may be rare on the team, and so they recognize they have a little bit more clout. Um, the fact that they have other stuff to do doesn't mean they can't change the way they're doing one particular thing. You're not asking them to do more, necessarily. You're just asking them to do it differently. Um, and, and uh, you know, the, the implication is that they don't want to change. Um, but if someone were to say to me, hey, Mark, I, you know, I got plenty of other stuff to do, my response is, I respect that, and that's fine. There's always work to be done. And sometimes being part of a team means you don't always get to do things just the way you want. And I'm asking you to change that. What are you willing to do to change it? And and hopefully my tone is coming across, Mike. I don't consider these questions terribly in my face. The, the employee might think that he's he or she is pushing back. But it doesn't bother me terribly much. I'm very secure. I know I'm the manager. I don't need to win a battle with any of my subordinates. I think we've joked before on podcasts that every manager walks around with a little neon sign flashing on their forehead that says, I'm your boss. Watch out. I could fire you. And as I've told many a group before, um, your team does not laugh at your jokes because they're funny. They laugh at your jokes because they're yours. Um, and, and you have that power. And, and if an employee says something that you think is designed to get under your skin, the best way to respond to it is to not let it get under your skin. In fact, once it does get under your skin, then they've essentially won. Yeah. Right? They've You're essentially saying, I don't have as much power as you thought I did. You can engage me, and and uh, and I might get off track, or I might get angry. And gosh, when you're angry, managers being angry is just a terribly ineffective state of mind. All right. How about um, essentially a, a pure play, which is you know simply state, hey, I don't want to. <laughs> you know that's pretty bold. Uh, I suspect this would be from a very senior person or somebody who really has a significant attitude problem. And, and that I can't imagine there's anything other than that being intended as a slap in the face. It's a, it's a power move or it's juvenile. Um, it's clumsy, if nothing else. Um, again, you can't rise to this bait. Um, the fact that they don't want to is, to some degree, to me, I mean, I think it's helpful for me to know that, but that doesn't mean that everybody gets to do what they want to do. So, you know, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, the answer or the response that I often use in this situation is, you know, I, I gather that in, a, in that you haven't done it the way we've talked about. You're not doing it any differently. And I've given you the negative implications, the consequences of what you're doing, and those are things we don't want. What can you do differently? And there it is again. There's that question. What can you do differently? What can you commit to? How can you change your behavior? It always comes back to them. You know, and... and it happens, Mike, that they say, I don't want to, and you ask them to commit, and they say, well, gee, I don't know. And as we said in the first um, feedback uh, discussion, um, we, uh, you know, we want them to um, commit, and if they're not willing to come up with an idea, we're willing to ask a second time. So, okay, I'm not hearing anything from you. Think a little bit longer. What could you do differently? And then, on the, then if they don't have an answer then, or they him and haw, or they put up some excuses or whatever. Then I want to say, well, okay, here are a couple of things I'm going to suggest. I'd like to see you change your behavior in this direction. Um, and I may or may not ask them to commit to that at that time. It depends on the attitude that they're showing me. Um, but I will be looking for that new behavior. 
Um, and, and to me, when people, when employees start saying, I don't want to, um, I start making a note that this person's getting a little bit more direct, a little bit more forceful about their disagreement with my style. And again, managers have all the power they need and you can humor them for a little while. Look, they were in the previous, they've been in this job, they've been in the job for a year or two. They don't have to change on a dime for you. Um, but I would definitely make a note that this employee feels comfortable saying, well, gee, I just don't want to do it that way. Gosh, if I got to do my job the way I wanted to, I'd come in at 10 and go home at noon and, uh, and get paid a great deal of money. So not everybody gets to do what they want to do all the time. All right. Well, how about a more subtle form of that where the employee says, you know, I'll think about it. You know, we talked about this one before. Um, you got to figure there's a pretty, there, there are plenty of clever people out there and, and, uh, you know, imagine that they give you all the right facial expressions and body language. Boy, that's a good idea. You know, I never really thought of it that way. Um, I really appreciate your insight on this. Let, let me think about that a little bit. Um, and I, I'm certain that some younger managers, some newer managers would go, wow, he really complimented me there. I must be on the right track. I'm going to go ahead and let him think about it. In fact, that response is just, <laughs> it's unacceptable. It's, you could even argue it's rude. You know, we're, I'm not asking you to think about stuff. I mean, I'm asking you to change your behavior. Um, and so I might say something like this. Gosh, Bob, I, I can't see what there's to think about. You're doing it a certain way. You know there are negative consequences. I've asked you to change. I've asked you to consider doing something differently. Um, I think it's reasonable for me to ask you to do this. Are you going to change it? And if he came back and said, well, like I said, I'm going to think about it. I said, well... He, I, I can't make you change, and that's why I always ask you if you're willing to change. But I, I want to be clear with you. If in two weeks I don't see any change, regardless of whether I, you know, since I can't see you thinking about it, if I don't see any change, we're going to be right back in the same place. I'm going to observe the behavior, I'm going to have given you this feedback, and I'm going to ask you what you're willing to change. Um, and at some point, we're going to start having different feedback conversations because it's clear you're not listening to me. Uh, I'm not asking you to, you know, to... Uh, come in at five in the morning and go home at midnight, I'm asking you for something that's reasonable. And that's why I'm asking you to make this change. Will you do it? Okay. How about, um, and this is one that frankly I've seen the most, which I, I just call kind of passive aggressive, which is, you know, they say they're going to change and they go away and they simply just don't change. Yeah. And this is where two parts of the model really shine for me. First of all, Remember in the first podcast of feedback, we talked about the fact that feedback should be like breathing, whereas most managers see any sort of criticism, which feedback is not. Feedback is not criticism. It's just a discussion of behavior and, 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 uh, and results. Um, but, but people see any sort of criticism as a bad thing, and th the feedback model takes it out of being an attack on the person and really focuses on behavior. The other thing it does is that you get so comfortable doing it so frequently, a la the breathing concept versus holding your breath, you get so comfortable doing it this way that you can give somebody feedback three or four or five times on a given item. If you're giving it to them frequently, in other words, you're not waiting for a big blow up to happen before you take somebody aside and say, wow, you really messed that up. In other words, if you exchange feedback once every six months in the form of a counseling session with feedback every day or every week and you keep people constantly on track, you're going to be so comfortable with the feedback model that when people hypothetically agree to what you're asking them to do but then don't do it, you're going to be very comfortable giving them feedback again. 
following the model. Yeah, I think you said a very important point, and a lot of folks um, initially don't get it, but the whole the whole point about giving feedback has to be like you know like breathing. It has to be so you have to be so comfortable and do it so often. It just happens as a course of events. Like when people talk to me about this, I explain it as if uh, you're driving, you know, you're getting feet, you know, the feedback you're getting is your speedometer or you're right. seeing objects coming back to you, but you right. don't, you don't give a little bit of gas, wait, 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 wait. And all of a sudden give all the, you know, put it, the pedal to the metal. Right. And then wait till the object in front of you is two feet away and then stomp on the brakes, then slam on the gas, stomp right. on the brakes, slam right. on the gas. It's a series of subtle adjustments and giving feedback to your, your subordinates is, is very similar to that. It's a series of subtle, small, consistent feedback. Um, and in the end, you look at the driver and they say, well, that's a, a pretty smooth driver. It's, yeah. it's a series of adjustments. Yeah, to, a couple of points about that. I, I love your analogy. It's a good one. Um, if you'll remember, when we talked about one on, doing one-on-ones with people, I think we told the audience, we told our listeners that the first time you have a one-on-one, even if you brief people on what you're going to do, and you bring them into your office, if you have an office, and you close the door, I would bet 80% of the people in corporate America and organizations are going to ask, what, what, what do you think they're going to ask? You bring them to your office and you close the door. What do you think they're going to ask, Mike? Oh, yeah. Well, what, what's wrong? What yeah. are you in trouble Am for? Am I in trouble? That's... Exactly. And most managers look at themselves in the mirror and see the same person they spent all their life growing up with, and they don't think of themselves as mean or terrible or holding a cloud over all their employees' heads, and, and you think you have a good relationship with your employees, and then you walk right in. Uh, you close the door, and all of a sudden they think they're in trouble. That ought to tell you something about what their relationship with you is and how often you give them feedback and how terrified they are of any feedback you might give at all. And the the analogy that you use about driving, uh, I remember one time sitting in the back of my car, back of my dad's car. We were driving down the street um, in Southern California, and I said, Hey, Dad, how come you keep turning the wheel a little bit? He said, Well, the road's not completely straight, and I'm not driving exactly straight on it, and sometimes... You know, we just have to make subtle adjustments. Feedback is that making of subtle adjustments that, that if you videotaped a driver with his hands or her hands on the wheel, they would constantly move in their hands slightly left and right. They don't wait until they hit the curb on the right and then swerve left and then hit the curb on the left and swerve right. But that's essentially what managers do when it comes to giving performance feedback. They wait until the end of the quarter or the end of the year and say, boy, you had a bad year. I can only give you a 1% raise, whereas Joe next to you, he already told you he got a 3%. Um, so we want to make feedback frequent and the more frequent you make it, the less stressful it is. Interestingly though, if I've been given feedback to somebody, if I've given them three or four or maybe even five pieces of feedback, um, and they haven't changed their behavior, um, maybe they're coming in late to work or what have you. Um, the first time I give them feedback, it's very casual. It's say, Hey Mike, uh, can I share something with you? Sure. Mark, what is it? Well, when you're late, you know, we all worry about you. We have to rearrange the schedule. And um, I, uh, I wonder whether or not we're going to have a problem later in the day in terms of meeting uh, customer satisfaction goals. What can you do differently about this? I'm very, very nonchalant about it. I can, I can do it walking down the aisle between the cubes as long as I don't think anybody's intentionally eavesdropping. It's very simple. Three days later when he does it again, I can say, hey, man, can I give you some feedback? I might even chuckle about it. And he might even say, yeah, yeah, I know I was late. I said, well, okay, well, what can you do about that? He says, you know, I, I'll get in on time. I said, well, great, thanks, I appreciate it. And then three days later, he comes in late again, you, you know, you give him the exact same feedback. If, if you find that there's a pattern, 
In other words, they commit to something, but then they don't do it. Um, uh, the beauty of the model is now you can still give them feedback about what they're doing, let's say coming in late, we'll use that example, but you can also give them feedback about the fact that they continue to tell you that they're going to change, but they haven't, because that's a behavior too. And I right, call this right. stage two um, feedback. Um, and and he, again, you, you give the feedback with the same tone of voice. You never mention that you've talked about this before. You don't, you don't have a, a tone of frustration like, gee, when are you going to get this? If, if it takes three or four feedback sessions for you to lose your temper, they're going to push you to lose your temper by continuing to say, sure, I'll change on the first, second, and third try, waiting until the fourth one when you really mean it. So after three or four times, depending upon the employee, I might give my best employee, I might let go four or five times before I give them what I call stage two feedback. For an employee who I think needs a little bit more um, attention because they're not a top performer, I might only wait until the third time I'm going to give them a feedback, give them feedback. And here's how the feedback is. I ask and then I say to him, hey, Mike, um, um, when I ask you to be in on time and you say you will be in on time, but then you don't come in on time. Uh, and there are several instances where you haven't been on time recently. And you, again, you've told me that you will. Here's what happens. Not only do we have the same results we got before about you coming in late. In other words, I worry about you. We have to rejuggle the work of the team. Um, and we can't have our first morning meeting on time. Or at least you're not there when I'm giving out uh, notes about what happened the night before. But now there's some additional consequences. I really, uh, I have some additional conclusions that I draw. One is... Um, uh, I, I begin to wonder whether or not you're going to do what you tell me to do in other situations. And I also question whether or not you really have a willingness to change. So what can you do about this? If you'll notice, what I did was I'm still, uh, I'm still addressing the lateness, but now I'm also addressing the behavior of committing to change and not doing it. Right, right. Um, now, I I'll tell you one that's a classic uh, sort of... Uh, uh, response to this is particularly for younger employees. They'll say, well, yeah, I know, but the first time it was because of my dog and this time it was because my kid and then it was a doctor's appointment. So really technically each time is a little bit different. And I always tell managers, whatever you do, you can stand very firm. You've already given feedback. You want them to change the behavior. You can stand absolutely firm and do it with niceness or what my dad used to say, with honey on your tongue. I might say to him, look, I'm not saying those things aren't true. It sounds like those are all reasonable uh, uh, reasons to, to be late. Um, what I said is that when you're going to, when you tell me you're going to, because I consider it important, um, and then you don't do it, there are conclusions I draw. The fact that my conclusions may not be accurate because these are all one-off situations doesn't change the fact that I've drawn these conclusions. My worry here is about the pattern of your behavior and and pretty much my conclusions, my concerns about the pattern are going to go away when your behavior changes. So you've told me you're going to be in on time. You're not coming in on time. It appears not to change. What can you do differently about this? Because now we're kind of at level two. Now, I will also say one other thing, Mike. There are some people who go, oh boy, am I going to get written up? Am I going to go on step one of disciplinary action or disciplinary proceedings? A lot of times people think feedback is the same thing as disciplinary process in a company. It's not. It's just feedback. It's nothing to get worried about. It's nothing to get upset about. If somebody were to ask me, gee, you've given me a couple of pieces of feedback on this. Should I be worried about going to the formal discipline procedure? And I would look at them and say, no, 
gosh, no. I, I gave you this feedback now because I could see and people make mistakes. It's no big deal. I make mistakes all the time. And I might very well mention some a mistake that I made that he didn't know about right then. I said, look, I messed up on a meeting last week. I asked the boss for something, and, and it was clear that I was off base, and I got corrected in front of everybody, and I felt dumb about it. And I'm not on step one. No, you're not going on step one or step two. We're not going to send you over to HR to get counseled. I'm just giving you some feedback. That's all it is. It's no big deal. Um, now, if I continue to have to give the same piece of feedback several times over and over and over again, now I'm really concerned about how flexible are you around changing, how adaptable are you to new situations in the market and the company and the structure and the team and so on. And then I start getting worried. But am I going to put you on step one or step two? No. You're going to know long before I start considering that if I'm considering it. I think, you know, you said several times this kind of putting sense on your voice or being sweet or making sure that there's no frustration shown in your voice. Yeah. And that, you know, that's a critical piece to giving feedback. I think once and, and a very difficult one for a lot of managers, myself included, to be to be quite frank about it. I know for, for certain I can feel it. I, I've been uh. told it. I know that when I can talk, dispa- I, I call it dispassionately, right. but um, when I can talk dispassionately about it, I know that my effectiveness increase increases, you know, ten or a hundredfold. Yeah, it, it's it's the difference is palpable. Yeah, you know, it's funny. There's an analogy for this. Uh, people are always saying to the president of the United States that you know the the press uh, and uh, pundits are always saying, ah, oh, the president ought to, ought to go after this guy. You know, people are taking shots at the president or something. You know, the president never ever talks back. He never, rarely, if ever, talks back. Um, and the reason is because he's got all that power. Uh, there's an old phrase, um, she stoops to conquer. Well, if you're going to, con- if you have to stoop to conquer somebody, they're not worth conquering. You have all the power you need. You don't need to lord it over anybody. Being angry, as, as you suggest, makes you less effective. And, and in fact, Mike, let's role play real quick. Let's, let's assume that you're, you work for me. You're distant. You're the one person who's a remote employee for me. And I've asked you to come to dial in to our weekly staff meetings, and it's been a couple of times, and you haven't dialed in. Okay? Okay. All right. So uh, we, we've just finished the meeting, um, and uh, everybody's left, and so I'm in the conference room, and I call you up, and I say, hey, Mike, how's it going today? Yeah, it's great, Mark. How you doing? I'm um, good, thanks. Hey, listen, would you mind? Can I give you some feedback? Yeah, sure. Um, when You know what? When I ask you to, to dial into meetings and you don't, um, in fact, when I ask you to dial in and you say you will and then you don't, here's what happened, Mike. Uh, of course, we missed you at the meetings. Of course, um, uh, we, we don't get to hear your suggestions about things and you don't get to hear about all the things I share with the team. Uh, and, and more importantly, in this case, when you tell me you're going to do it and then you don't, I begin to worry that you might tell me some other stuff that you're doing that I maybe I shouldn't believe you on that. Um, and as well, it makes me wonder whether or not you're really willing to change in general. So under those circumstances, what are you willing to do about it? Well, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I'll come to your meetings, you know, Mark, and I, and I know they're important to you and all that, but, uh, you know, I'm working, as you know, I got some clients out here who are terribly difficult yeah. and, you know, they, they, they call me and, and, uh, I know you want me to respond, uh, quickly to them. So, yeah. you know, this morning, for example, I was on a call with Joe and you know how Joe feels about this particular project, project's right. not going well. And, you know, I, I felt like, uh, I really needed to, uh, you know, make him feel better about it. Right. You know, um, I'm, I'm glad, um, Mike, that you're putting customers first. I really am. And I have found that, um, regardless of how important the customer is, 
if we say to the customer, listen, I just want to let you know I've got five minutes. I need to be in a meeting. There, It's only one meeting a week that I'm, I really need to go to. It's my boss's staff meeting. Um, so if we can finish this up in five minutes, it would be really great. If it takes ten, fine. I'll call in a little bit late to the meeting. But it's important to me in terms of my support of you that I get together with my team once a week, and this is the time that I do it. And uh, so I'd really like to, to be able to, to end this, and then I'll call you back as soon as I'm done with the meeting. There are very few customers, Mike, I think, that wouldn't respond positively that and that's just one suggestion i think my concern here though is that you've been telling me you're going to do it and then you don't so what can we do differently what can you do differently going forward well um maybe i shouldn't commit to coming to your meetings (laughs) that that sounds interesting we we had uh i guess what i would tell you to that i will scratch that i'm just i'm just having fun with you (laughs) but yeah okay i can you know you're right you're right and uh i'll tell you what i i'll try that i'll I'll try to have that conversation with the client and you know and see if that's okay that i come to the meeting your meeting you're gonna try yeah yeah okay absolutely um well um let me let me say this then um i guess in three weeks if you haven't been to any more meetings and you tell me that you've tried we're back in the same boat um so uh, what I'd like is I'd like a commitment from you about what you're willing to do. And trying for me is not really a commitment. Hmm. Okay. Well, all right, I, I, I see your point. Um, I'll commit. I'll, I'll, I'll come to your meetings. You, you say we're going to have them on Mondays at 9 o'clock. I'll be there at Mondays at 9 o'clock, and I'll work with the clients. And, and I'll tell you what, if if I have a problem with a client and – they react negatively to me not being able to respond them to them immediately. Then I'll get you involved, and maybe you can help me with that that client and explaining what's going on. Perfect, I love it. Uh, and, and if you're in a situation where you're on the phone with a client and it's critical, and you want to call me and say, "Listen, I'm going to be five minutes late," I, I'd appreciate that, and that'd be great. I appreciate your commitment. Good, we're done. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you tomorrow. That's it. And, and, and I know that was kind of a long example for our listeners, but I think it's important that that they heard me laugh a couple of times during that, that I wasn't at all worried about what Mike was telling me because, I'm, you know, on some things I'm going to get my way. I don't ask everybody to be perfect. We're not asking for a Stepford team. We're asking for people to meet some reasonable commitments. And, and again, the stage two feedback with that passive-aggressive person is not just that they're coming late to meetings or they're not showing up, but also now that they're committing to things that then they're not doing, and that's a, that's a big issue. Right. Okay. How, how about a different problem, if we, if we can get past kind of the negative responses? How, how about the, the, a negative response to positive feedback where somebody says, you know, let's say you praise them in public, for example, in front of the team. Right. Pull, John did a great job. He pulled them up in front of the, the group and, and tell people what a great job John did. And his response to you afterwards is, you know, you know, please don't do that. You know, I, don't, I don't need to be praised. Right. Well, there are two things here. One is praise is actually not, not necessarily feedback. Well, praise is feedback, but it's not feedback within the model. Praise is just, hey, you did a great job. And, and people might draw conclusions about that. Um, that may be erroneous. And so I recommend that you do not only praise people, but you also give them positive feedback. If somebody leaves the office in the day and said, hey, you, and you tell them, hey, you had a great day today. Thanks a lot for everything you did. That's praise, but they can't reproduce that tomorrow. Remember, feedback mm-hmm. is about behavior. So you're really getting into praise there. And, and, and nothing wrong with that. I love 
managers who praise their folks, here's something important to keep in mind when we think about feedback and more specifically in this case praise. We must communicate to people in a way that makes sense to them. There are some people, um, and we have tools, behavioral analyses tools that we'll be rolling out sometime in the future that will allow you to know who these people are in your team. Although you can probably guess right now, most managers who know their teams well can guess who it is. They do not want to be put up in front of a group to be praised. In fact, it's so uncomfortable, what they'll remember about it is the boss dragged me up in front of a room when in fact what I really would have liked is a handwritten note, a small bonus check, dinner for my husband and I out somewhere, and a private sit down at my cube telling me how much they appreciated what I did. That way they don't have to be in the spotlight. They don't have to have everybody else know how well they did because they may be embarrassed about that. And that's the other end of the spectrum from the Salesforce kind of guy who, when if Bob and Terry both did a lot of work on this particular project we just got done, and Bob is the, the persuasive, outgoing party and sales guy, I'm going to bring Bob up to the front of the room and we're going to have spotlight on him and streamers and cake and the whole deal. And Terry can sit in her seat right there in front of the team and I can say, yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't also praise Terry, who was as, every bit as important to this as Bob was. And I just want to look at Terry right in the eye and say, we can't do this this kind of work, this good of work without you, Terry. Thank you so much for what you did. And even even me just singling Terry out in a meeting might be too much for Terry. But you want to be sensitive. If somebody says to you, I don't want praise, they do not mean that. What they mean is, I don't want to be singled out. I don't like being in front of the group. I tend to focus on other people. I don't want other people focusing on me. That's an important point. Everybody wants to be praised differently. And what you'll discover is you start doing one-on-ones with people, they'll start telling you. And it helps to ask them, of course, how would you like to be praised? And they'll tell you. Right. And I think something you said interesting, and, and I'd just like to reiterate it here, is that if, if positive or negative, um, when giving feedback, it has to be about a specific behavior. So yes. you said it's not sufficient to say, hey, you did a great job today. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, keep it up. It's it's much better to say, hey, thanks. You did a great job on the presentation with Joe because you were specific, yes. direct, and your presentation was well laid out or whatever it is yeah. but it's it's got to be a specific behavior that you want to see repeated otherwise it's it's just i don't say glad handing but it's yeah. not effective in terms of giving feedback and, and really feedback is about improving the performance of the individual and the team whether it's adjusting feedback or affirming feedback it doesn't matter it's about improving performance i think it's great to give somebody positive and negative feedback during a given day Believe me, the vast majority of what happens in major organizations and large organizations and small organizations is good. If it was mostly bad, that company or that organization would go out of business or would cease to exist. So what I say is give them positive feedback, give them negative feedback during the day. And also at the end of the day, tell them, hey, listen, thanks for coming in. Thanks for giving us your best all day. I really appreciate it. That kind of praise, glad handing, whatever you want to call it, is is powerful for people. Send Send them home in a good mood. Um, but that is not the same thing as positive feedback because they can't reproduce having a good day tomorrow. Right. Pretty simple. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the other point that I'd, I'd like to make is that I think a lot of managers, and we, uh, we probably talked about this a little bit on the first uh, podcast on feedback back in July, but a lot of managers think that they give feedback. If you ask the majority of managers whether they give their folks feedback, oh the answer would be yes and we know the fact that it's not true. It's not true. Um, it, it happens all the time where I, I will talk to one of my managers and uh, we'll be talking about the performance of 
one of the employees and I'll I'll ask them did you, did you give you know Fred you know feedback about the way he took care of that table and the answer will be yes and then you know I, I can get to the bottom of it real quick by saying okay well specifically what feedback do you, did you give him and uh, generally there's silence or there's uh, you know some very non-specific right. uh, of uh, feedback you gave him so um, the key there is that most people don't give feedback and by sticking with the kind of four-step process that we laid out in the feedback model, mm-hmm. you'll be assured that when you think you're giving feedback, you, in fact, are. Right. And and I find that it's very helpful. When we tell manager, when we told everybody about one-on-ones, we said, look, let your team know when they sign up for a slot time slot. Tell them what you're doing and why you're doing it. So it, wouldn't, there would, be, it would be absolutely appropriate for, in terms of using the feedback model to say, listen, guys, I've learned that I probably don't give you as much feedback. The vast majority of stuff that happens here is good, and I want to tell you more often how good you're doing. And I want to let you know the way I'm going to be doing it. I've learned a new management technique. Management is a set of behaviors, and this is a behavior I really like. I'm really excited about it. I want to try it with you. It'll seem awkward at first, but here's how it goes. There are four steps, and walk them through the steps. So the first time they hear it, believe me, I think I told I, we said this in the first podcast, if you want to know what your team thinks of you, go up to each one of them in the course of a 24 to 48 hour period and look at them and say, hey, may I give you some feedback? And watch the look of fear cross their face. And when, <laughs> then they ask, you know, what did I do wrong? Um, and that, that should tell you something. I don't care how positive a manager you are. If they get a look of fear when you say, may I give you some feedback? That means the role that you're in or the way you're behaving is a concern for them. And you've got to work to get around that. Otherwise, you won't have the best possible team you can have. Yeah, and that's actually a pretty good goal, I think. If somebody hasn't been uh, giving feedback uh, effectively like we've been laying out here, then the first step might be to get to the point where your team, the reaction of your team when you say, can I give you feedback, is it a positive one and not that one of look of fear. That would be a good first step. Yeah, Ray Gonzalez, a good friend of mine um, at a large insurance company, I, you know, I still remember him saying to me, you're not going to believe this, Mark. And I kind of chuckle when clients tell me I'm not going to believe stuff when things I recommend <laughs> actually work. He said, you're not going to believe it. I started giving feedback to my team. And like you said, I tried to do mostly positive. I gave some adjusting feedback. But I was leaning over to give one guy feedback one day. And we were sitting in a row of cubes. And I leaned over and said, hey, Robert, can I give you some feedback? And uh, Robert said yes. And about four or five people leaned back in their chairs, whether they were on the phone or not, and said, I want some feedback too. No, that, that's a real testament to Ray. Um, he had his team in the right place in the right mental frame of mind. Yeah, but he had a great team too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he got promoted. He's a director now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, good. Well, great. I thought that was um, very useful. I think we got a lot of questions on feedback, and this yeah. should put uh, should answer some of those. We so. encourage people always to write us at show at manager tools dot com. We've gotten some great questions and great comments, and. We're, uh, we're growing our, our listener base, and we're thrilled that you're telling your friends. And write us and let us know, and we'll try to include your questions and your issues in future podcasts. Absolutely. All right. All right, thanks, Mr. Horseman. Mike. We'll see you. All right. Well, thanks again for taking this time and spending it with us today. We appreciate it greatly. Now, if you're getting the value out of these podcasts, and we really hope you are, we'd appreciate your help in getting us some more exposure for the show. Now, I, I said I didn't want to go here, but, well... I am. I'm now stooping to the inevitable request to go and vote for us on Podcast Alley. Yep, you heard it right. Just like every other podcaster, here I am groveling for votes for uh, us on Podcast Alley. Well, at least I made it easy. Simply go to our website, www.manager-tools.com, 
and you'll find a button on the left-hand side where you can cast your vote. It's easy, and Mark and I would really appreciate your show of support. As always, we also appreciate your feedback. That's easy to give to us as well. Simply go to the website, make a comment there, or send us an email to show at manager-tools.com. Again, thanks to all, and we'll see you again next week.